Chapter Twenty Four of A Voyage in the Sunbeam by Anna Brassey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dovey Cross, Taos, New Mexico. Singapore. Betwixt them lawns or level downs and flocks, grazing the tender herb, were interposed, or palmy hillock, or the flowery lap of some irriguous valley spread her store flowers of all hues and without thorn the rose saturday march seventeenth we were off singapore during the night at five a m the pilot came on board and took us into tangong pegar to coal alongside the wharf we left the ship as soon as possible and in about an hour we had taken forty-three tons of coal on board and nearly twenty tons of water the work was rapidly performed by coolies it was a great disappointment to be told by the harbour master that the governor of the straits settlement and lady Jevois were to leave at eleven o'clock for Johore. we determined to go straight to the government house and make a morning call at the unearthly hour of eight a m the drive from the wharf was full of beauty novelty and interest we had not landed so near the line before and the most tropical of tropical plants trees flowers and ferns were here to be seen growing by the roadside on every bank and dust heap the natives malays are a fine-looking copper-coloured race wearing bright-coloured sarongs and turbans there are many indians too from madras almost black and swathed in the most graceful white muslin garments when they are not too hard at work to wear anything at all the young women are very good-looking they wear not only one but several rings and metal ornaments in their noses and a profusion of metal bangles on their arms and legs which jingle and jangle as they move the town of singapore itself is not imposing its streets or rather roads of wooden huts and stone houses being mixed together indiscriminately government house is on the outskirts of the city in the midst of a beautiful park which is kept in excellent order the green turf being closely mown and dotted with tropical trees and bushes the house itself is large and handsome and contains splendid suites of lofty rooms shaded by wide verandas full of ferns and palms looking deliciously green and cool we found the governor and his family did not start until eleven thirty and they kindly begged us to return to breakfast at half-past nine which we did before finally leaving sir william gervois sent for the colonial secretary and asked him to look after us in his absence he turned out to be an old schoolfellow and college friend of tom's at rugby and oxford so the meeting was a very pleasant one as soon as the governor and his suite had set off for Johore, we went down into the hot dusty town to get our letters parcels and papers and to look at the shops there are not many malay specialties to be bought here most of the curiosities come from india china and japan with the exception of birds of paradise from new guinea and beautiful bright birds of all colors and sizes from the various islands in the malay archipelago the northeast monsoon still blows fresh and strong but it was nevertheless terribly hot in the streets and we were very glad to return to the cool shady rooms at government house where we thoroughly appreciated the delights of the punkah there are very few european servants here 
and they all have their own peons to wait on them and carry an umbrella over them when they drive the carriage or go for a walk on their own account even the private soldier in singapore has a punkah pulled over his bed at night it is quite a sight to meet all the coolies leaving barracks at five a m when they have done punkah pulling at four o'clock mr douglas called to take us for a drive we went first to the botanical gardens and saw sago palms and all sorts of tropical produce flourishing in perfection there were many beautiful birds and beasts argus pheasants lyre birds cuckoos doves and pigeons more like parrots than doves in the gorgeous metallic luster of their plumage the cages were large and the enclosures in front full of cape jasmine bushes covered with buds for the birds to peck at and eat from the gardens we went for a drive through the pretty villas that surround singapore in every direction every house outside the town is built on a separate little hill in order to catch every breath of fresh air there is generally rather a long drive up to the houses and the public roads run along the valleys between them it was now dark and we returned to dine at government house sunday march eighteenth at six o'clock this morning maybelle and i went ashore with the steward and the comprador to the market it is a nice clean octagonal building well supplied with vegetables and curious fruits the latter are mostly brought from the other islands as this is the worst season of the year in singapore for fruit i do not quite understand why this should be for as it is only a degree above the line there is very little variation in the seasons here the sun always rises and sets at six o'clock all the year round for months they have a northeast monsoon and then for months together a southwest monsoon we tasted many fruits new to us delicious mangosteens lacas and other fruits whose names i could not ascertain lastly we tried a durian the fruit of the east as it is called by people who live here and having got over the first horror of the onion-like odour we found it by no means bad the fish market is the cleanest and best arranged and sweetest smelling that i ever went through it is situated on a sort of open platform under a thick thatched roof built out over the sea so that all the refuse is easily disposed of and washed away by the tide from the platform on which it stands two long jetties run some distance out into the sea so that large fishing boats can come alongside and discharge their cargoes from the deep at the door of the market with scarcely any exposure to the rays of the tropical sun the poultry market is a curious place on account of the intense heat everything is brought alive to the market and the quacking cackling gobbling and crowing that go on are really marvellous the whole street is alive with birds in baskets cages and coops or tied by the leg and thrown down anyhow there were curious pheasants and jungle fowl from parak doves pigeons quails besides cockatoos parrots parakeets and lorries they are all very tame and very cheap and some of the scarlet lorries looking like a flame of fire chatter in the most amusing way i have a cage full of tiny parrots not bigger than bullfinches of a dark green colour with dark red throats and blue heads yellow marks on the back and red and yellow tails having bought these everybody seemed to think that i wanted an unlimited supply of birds and soon we were surrounded by a chattering crowd 
all with parrots in their hands and on their shoulders it was a very amusing sight though rather noisy and the competition reduced the prices very much parakeets ranged from twelve to thirty cents apiece talking parrots and cockatoos from one to five dollars at last the vendors became so energetic that i was glad to get into the gari again and drive away to a flower shop where we bought some gardenias for one penny a dozen beautifully fresh and fragrant but with painfully short stalks towards the end of the southwest monsoon little native open boats arrive from the islands fifteen hundred to three thousand miles to the southward of singapore each has one little tripod mast the whole family live on board the sides of the boat cannot be seen for the multitudes of cockatoos parrots parakeets and birds of all sorts fastened on little perches with very short strings attached to them the decks are covered with sandalwood the holds are full of spice shells feathers and south sea pearl shells with this cargo they creep from island to island and from creek to creek before the monsoon till they reach their destination they stay a month or six weeks change their goods for iron nails a certain amount of pale green or indian red thread for weaving and some pieces of manchester cotton they then go back with the northeast monsoon selling their goods at the various islands on their homeward route there are many dutch ports nearer than singapore but they are over-regulated and preference is given to the free english port where the simple natives can do as they like so long as they do not transgress the laws as we were going on board we met the maharaja of johor's servant just going off with invitations to dinner lunch and breakfast for the next two days for all our party and with all sorts of kind propositions for shooting and other amusements some of our friends came off before luncheon to see the yacht and we returned with them to tiffin at government house at four o'clock the carriage came round to take us to johor we wished good-bye to singapore and all our kind friends and started on a lovely drive through the tropical scenery there is a capital road fifteen miles in length across the island and our little ponies rattled along at a good pace there was a pleasant breeze and not much dust no sun and a stream ran the whole way by the side of the road the acacia flamboyant that splendid tree which came originally from rangoon and sumatra was planted alongside the road and produced a most charming effect it is a large tree with large leaves of the most delicate green on its topmost boughs grow gorgeous clusters of scarlet flowers with yellow centers and the effect of these scarlet plumes tossing in the air is truly beautiful as we were driving along we espied a splendid butterfly with wings about ten inches long mr bingham jumped out of the carriage and knocked it down with his hat but it was so like the colour of leaves in grass that in the twilight nobody could distinguish it and to our great disappointment we could not find it we were equally unsuccessful in our attempted capture of a water snake a couple of feet long we threw sticks and stones and our sigh waded into the stream but all to no purpose it glided away into some safe little hole under the bank we reached the seashore about six o'clock and found the maharaja's steam launch waiting to convey us across the straits to the mainland these straits used to be the old route to singapore and are somewhat intricate tom engaged a very good pilot to bring the yacht round but at the last moment thought that he should like to bring her himself the result being that he arrived rather late for dinner the maharaja and most of the party were out shooting when we arrived 
but sir william gervois met us and showed us round the place and also arranged about rooms for us to dress in Jahor is a charming place the straits are so narrow and full of bends that they look more like a peaceful river or inland lake in the heart of a tropical forest than an arm of the mighty ocean as we approached we had observed a good deal of smoke rising from the jungle and as the shades of evening closed over the scene we could see the lurid glare of two extensive fires we sat down thirty to dinner at eight o'clock there were the maharaja's brothers the prime minister harkim or judge and several other malay chiefs the governor of the Straits settlements his family and suite and one or two people from singapore the dinner was cooked and served in european style the table decorated with gold and silver epernes full of flowers on velvet stands and with heaps of small cut flower glasses full of jasmine we were waited on by the malay servants of the establishment dressed in grey and yellow and by the governor's madras servants in white and scarlet the maharaja and his native guests were all in english evening dress with white waistcoats bright turbans and sarongs the room was large and open on all sides and the fresh evening breeze in addition to the numerous punkas made it delightfully cool the maharaja is a strict mohammedan himself and drinks nothing but water i spent the three hours during which the dinner lasted in very pleasant conversation with my two neighbors we returned on board soon after eleven o'clock monday march nineteenth mabel and i went ashore at six o'clock for a drive it was a glorious morning with a delightfully cool breeze and the excursion was most enjoyable we drove first through the old town of Johor, once of considerable importance and still a place of trade for opium indigo pepper and other tropical products nutmeg and maize used to be the great articles of export but latterly the growth has failed and instead of the groves we had expected to see there were only solitary trees after leaving the town we went along a good road for some distance with cottages and clearings on either side until we came to a pepper and gambier plantation the two crops are cultivated together and both are grown on the edge of the jungle for the sake of the wood which is burned in the preparation of the gambier i confess that i had never heard of the latter substance before but i find that it is largely exported to europe where it is occasionally employed for giving weight to silks and for tanning purposes the pepper garden we saw was many acres in extent some of the trees in the forest close by are very fine especially the camphor wood and the great red purple and copper-coloured oleanders which grow in clumps twenty and thirty feet in height the orchids with which all the trees were covered hanging down in long tassels of lovely colours or spread out like great spotted butterflies and insects were most lovely of all by far the most abundant was the white phalaenopsis with great drooping sprays of pure white waxy blossoms some delicately streaked with crimson others with yellow it was a genuine jungle and we were told that it is the resort of numerous tigers and elephants and that snakes abound on our way back through the town we stopped to see the process of opium making this drug is brought from india in an almost raw state rolled up in balls about the size of billiard balls and wrapped in its own leaves 
here it is boiled down several times refined and prepared for smoking the traffic in it forms a very profitable monopoly which is shared in singapore between the english government and the maharaja of Johor. we also saw indigo growing the dye is prepared very much in the same way as the gambier that grown here is not so good as that which comes from india and it is therefore not much exported though it is used by the innumerable chinese in the malay peninsula to dye all their clothes which are invariably of some deep shade of blue we saw sago palms growing but the mill was not working so that we could not see the process of manufacture but it seems to be very similar to the preparation of tapioca which we had seen in brazil on our passage through the town we went to look at a large gambling establishment of course no one was playing so early in the morning but in the evening it is always densely crowded and is a great source of profit to the proprietor i could not manage to make out exactly from the description what the game they play is like but it was not fantan we now left the carriage and strolled to see the people the shops and the market i bought all sorts of common curiosities little articles of everyday life some of which will be sure to amuse and interest my english friends among my purchases were a wooden pillow some joss candles a two-stringed fiddle and a few preserved eggs which they say are over a hundred years old the eggs are certainly nasty enough for anything still it seems strange that so thrifty a people as the chinese should allow so much capital to lie dormant literally buried in the earth at half-past nine o'clock the maharajah with the governor and all his guests came on board his highness inspected the yacht with the utmost minuteness and interest though his mohammedan ideas about women were considerably troubled when he was told that i had had a great deal to do with the designing and arrangement of the interior at half-past eleven the party left and an hour afterwards we went to make our adieu to the maharajah on our departure the maharajah ordered twenty coolies to accompany us laden with fragrant tropical plants he also gave me some splendid malay silk sarongs grown made and woven in his kingdom a pair of tusks of an elephant shot within a mile of the house besides a live little beast not an alligator and not an armadillo or a lizard in fact i do not know what it is it clings round my arm just like a bracelet and it was sent as a present by the ex-sultan of Johor. having said farewell to our kind host and other friends we pushed off from the shore and embarked on board the yacht the anchor was up and by five o'clock a bend in the straits hid hospitable and pleasant Johor from our view and all we could see was the special steamer on her way back to singapore with the maharaja's guests on board at tanjore we dropped our funny little pilot and proceeded on our course towards penang the straits are quite lovely and fully repaid the trouble and time involved in the detour made to visit them the sun set and the young moon arose over as lovely a tropical scene as you can possibly imagine tuesday march twentieth at five thirty when we were called the doctor came and announced that he had something very important to communicate to us this proved to be that one of our men was suffering from smallpox and not from rheumatic fever as had been supposed my first thought was that muriel had been with the doctor to see him yesterday evening my next that many men had been sleeping in the same part of the vessel with him my third 
that for his greater comfort he had been each day in our part of the ship and my fourth what was to be done now after a short consultation tom decided to alter our course for malacca where we arrived at half-past nine the doctor at once went on shore in a native prahu to make the best arrangements he could under the circumstances he was fortunate enough to find dr simon nephew of the celebrated surgeon of the same name installed as head physician at the civil hospital here he came off at once with the hospital boat and having visited the invalid declared his illness to be a very mild case of smallpox he had brought off some lymph with him and recommended us all to be revaccinated he had also brought sundry disinfectants and gave instructions about fumigating and disinfecting the yacht all the men were called upon the quarter-deck and addressed by tom and we were surprised to find what a large proportion of them objected to the operation of vaccination at last however the prejudices of all of them except two were overcome one of the latter had promised his grandfather that he would never be vaccinated under any circumstances while another would consent to be inoculated but would not be vaccinated we had consulted our own medical man before leaving england and knew that for ourselves the operation was not necessary but we nevertheless underwent it pour encourager les autres while the doctor was on shore we had been surrounded by boats bringing monkeys birds rattan and malacca canes fruit rice etc to sell and as i did not care to go ashore thinking there might be some bother about quarantine we made bargains over the side of the yacht with the traders the result being that seven monkeys about fifty birds of sorts and innumerable bundles of canes were added to the stock on board in the meantime dr simon had removed our invalid to the hospital malacca looks exceedingly pretty from the sea it is a regular malay village consisting of huts built on piles close to the water overshadowed by cocoa palms and other forms of tropical vegetation mount ophia rises in the distance behind there are many green islands too in the harbour by one o'clock we were again under way and once more en route for penang wednesday march twenty first during the night we had heavy thunderstorms about eleven a m we passed a piece of driftwood with a bird perched on top presenting a most curious effect several of the men on board mistook it for the back fin of a large shark about five p m we made the island of penang after sunset it became very hazy and we crept slowly up afraid of injuring the numerous stake nets that are set about the strait most promiscuously and without any lights to mark their position before midnight we had dropped our anchor thursday march twenty second at five a m when we were called the whole sky was overcast with a lurid glare and the atmosphere was thick as if with the fumes of some vast conflagration as the sun rose in raging fierceness the sky cleared and became of a deep clear transparent blue the island of penang is very beautiful especially in the early morning light it was fortunate we did not try to come in last night as we could now see that we must inevitably have run through some of the innumerable stake nets i mentioned as we approached georgetown the capital of the province we passed many steamers and sailing ships at anchor in the roads a pilot offered his services but tom declined them with thanks and soon afterwards skilfully brought us up close in shore in the crowded roadstead the harbour-master sent off as did also the mail-master 
but no board of health officials appeared so after some delay the doctor went on shore to find the local medical man promising shortly to return he did not however reappear and after waiting a couple of hours we landed without opposition we packed off all the servants for a run on shore and had all the fires put out in order to cool the ship our first inquiry was for an hotel where we could breakfast and we were recommended to go to the hotel de l'europe our demands for breakfast were met at first with the reply that it was too late and that we must wait till one o'clock tiffin but a little persuasion induced the manager to find some cold meat eggs and lemonade we afterwards drove out to one or two shops but anything so hopeless as the stores here i never saw not a single curiosity could we find not even a bird we drove round the town and out to the governor's house he was away but we were most kindly received by mrs anson and his daughter and strongly recommended by them to make an expedition to the bungalow at the top of the hill in about an hour and a half always ascending we reached the governor's bungalow situated in a charming spot where the difference of ten degrees in the temperature caused by being fifteen hundred feet higher up is a great boon after tiffin and a rest at the hotel a carriage came to take us to the foot of the hill about four miles from the town we went first to a large jesuit establishment where some most benevolent old priests were teaching a large number of malay boys reading writing and geography then we went a little further and in a small wooden house under the cocoa trees at last found some of the little humming-birds for which the malay archipelago is famous they glisten with a marvellous metallic lustre all over their bodies instead of only in patches as one sees upon those in south america and the west indies the drive was intensely tropical in character until we reached the waterfall where we left the carriage and got into chairs each carried by six coolies the scenery all about the waterfall is lovely and a large stream of sparkling cool clear water tumbling over the rocks was most refreshing to look at many people who have business in penang live up here riding up and down morning and evening for the sake of the cool refreshing night air one of the most curious things in vegetation which strikes our english eyes is the extraordinary abundance of the sensitive plant it is interwoven with all the grass and grows thickly in all the hedgerows in the neatly kept turf round the government bungalow its long creeping prickly stems acacia-like leaves and little fluffy mauve balls of flowers are so numerous that walking up and down the croquet lawn it appears to be bowing before you for the delicate plants are sensible of even an approaching footstep and shut up and hide their tiny leaves among the grass long before you really reach them from the top of the hill you can see ninety miles in the clear atmosphere far away across the straits of parak to the mainland we could not stay long and were carried down the hill backwards as our bearers were afraid of our tumbling out of the chairs if we travelled forwards the tropical vegetation is even more striking here but alas it is already losing its novelty to us those were indeed pleasant days when everything was new and strange it seems now almost as if years not months had gone past since we first entered these latitudes we found the carriage waiting for us when we arrived at the bottom of the hill about seven o'clock and it was not long before we reached the town the glow-worms and fireflies were numerous 
the natives were cooking their evening meal on the ground beneath the tall palm trees as we passed with the glare of the fires lighting up the picturesque huts their dark figures relieved by their white and scarlet turbans and waistcloth the whole scene put us very much in mind of the old familiar pictures of india the lithe figures of the natives looking like beautiful bronze statues the rough country carts drawn by buffaloes without harness but dragging by their hump and driven by black-skinned natives armed with a long goad we went straight to the jetty and found to our surprise that in the roads there was quite a breeze blowing and a very strong tide running against it which made the sea almost rough mrs and miss anson mr talbot and other friends dined with us at eleven they landed and we weighed anchor and were soon gliding through the straits of malacca shaping for achin head en route to gaul it seems strange that an important english settlement like penang where so many large steamers and ships are constantly calling should be without lights or quarantine laws we afterwards learned on shore that the local government had already surveyed and fixed a place for two leading lights the reason why no health officers came off to us this morning was probably that smallpox and cholera both being prevalent in the town they thought that the fewer questions they asked and the less they saw of incoming vessels the better friday march twenty third a broiling day everybody panting parrots and parakeets dying we passed a large bark with every sail set although it was a flat calm which made us rejoice in the possession of steam power several people on board are very unwell and the engineer is really ill it is depressing to speculate what would become of us if anything went wrong in the engine-room department and if we should be reduced to sail power alone in this region of calmness at last even i know what it is to be too hot and am quite knocked up with my short experience saturday march twenty fourth another flat calm the after forecastle having been battened down and fumigated for the last seventy-two hours was to-day opened and its contents brought up on deck some to be thrown overboard and others to be washed with carbolic acid i never saw such quantities of things as were turned out they covered the whole deck and it seemed as if their cubic capacity must be far greater than that of the place in which they had been stowed besides the beds and tables of eight men there were forty-eight birds four monkeys two cockatoos and a tortoise besides japanese cabinets and boxes of clothes books china coral shells and all sorts of imaginable and unimaginable things one poor tortoise had been killed and bleached white by the chlorine gas sunday march twenty fifth hotter than ever it was quite impossible to have service either on deck or below we always observe Sunday by showing a little extra attention to dress, and, as far as the gentlemen are concerned, a little more care in the matter of shaving. On other days, I fear our toilettes would hardly pass muster in civilized society. Tom set the example of leaving off collars, coats, and waistcoats, so shirts and trousers are now the order of the day. The children wear grass-cloth pinafores and very little else, no shoes or stockings manila or chinese slippers being worn by those who dislike bare feet i find my tahitian and hawaiian dresses invaluable they are really cool loose and comfortable and i scarcely ever wear anything else we passed a large steamer about seven thirty a m and in the afternoon altered our course to speak the middlesex of london bound to the channel for orders 
we had quite a long conversation with the captain and parted with mutual good wishes for a pleasant voyage it was a lovely moonlit night but very hot though we found a delightful sleeping place beneath the awning on deck monday march twenty sixth the sun appeared to rise even fiercer and hotter than ever this morning i have been very anxious for the last few days about baby who has been cutting some teeth and has suffered from a rash muriel has been bitten all over by mosquitoes and maybelle has also suffered from heat rash just now every little ailment suggests smallpox to our minds about noon when in latitude six twenty five north and in longitude eighty eight twenty five east we began to encounter a great deal of driftwood many large trees branches plants leaves nautilus shells backbones of cuttlefish and in addition large quantities of yellow spawn evidently deposited by some fish of large size the spawn appeared to be of a very solid consistent character like large yellow grapes connected together in a sort of gelatinous mass it formed a continuous wide yellow streak perhaps half a mile in length and with the bits of wood and branches sticking up in its midst at intervals it would not have required a very lively imagination to fashion it at a little distance into a sea serpent where does all this debris come from was the question asked by everybody out of the bay of bengal probably judging from the direction of the current we wondered if it could possibly be the remains of some of the trees uprooted by the last great cyclone at one thirty p m a man cried out from the rigging boat on the starboard bow a cry that produced great excitement immediately our course was altered and telescopes and glasses brought to bear upon the object in question every one on board except our old sailing master said it was a native boat some even said that they could see a man on board waving something powell alone declared it to be the root of a palm from the bay of bengal and he proved right a very large root it was with one single stem and a few leaves hanging down which had exactly the appearance of broken masts tattered sails and torn rigging we went close alongside to have a good look at it the water was as clear as crystal and beneath the surface were hundreds of beautifully colored fish greedily devouring something i suppose small insects or fish entangled among the roots tuesday march twenty seventh it requires a great effort to do anything except before sunrise or after sunset owing to the intense heat and when one is not feeling well it makes exertion still more difficult at night the heat below is simply unbearable the cabins are deserted and all mattresses are brought up on deck End of chapter 24